What is up, wrestling fans? It is that time of the week once again from them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling. Of course, and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show. Better known as 607-TWS. This week we are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, the realest thing in pro wrestling. And of course... I am your host here at 607TWS, and I'm also the host of the 3FN Podcast. My name is Rich, and joining me in the co-pilot's chair, as he does each and every week, but you better know him as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Ken M. 607 Podcast fam, what is happening? What is going on? What is good? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? That's right, pro grappling. There was a couple big events this week in the pro grappling world. And on top of those big events, we've got some indie roundup and all that to come at you on this week's episode of 607 TWS. Of course, in the main event, we will be covering Ring of Honors Final Battle 2022, giving that a full-on review, plus the news coming out of ROH's Final Battle as well. Mm-hmm. On top of all that, maybe a little bit of Winter is Coming uh, talk about what's going down there this upcoming week on AEW Dynamite. In the mid-card of the show, we'll have the Indie Roundup brought to you by Fight Plus, including Game Changer Wrestling, House of Glory, and Glory Pro Wrestling, all having big shows going down Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, respectively. We're going to break those all down for you and how to watch those great shows. And in the opening contest, we will be talking about NXT Deadline, the premium live event from the fine folks over at NXT, and also some news coming out of that, including... The Sasha Banks rumors and innuendos going down. Oh, yeah. Those things are picking up some steam real quick. That is a jam-packed show for you here on this week's 607 TWS. So we're going to jump right into it. But before we can, Ken M, tell the fine folks how to find you in the Ocho Duro Parley Hour podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to odphpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media accounts. They're all right there on the front page, along with the T Public link, the Patreon link, the music link, the classified section, which has friends of the show, such as through fun podcast. And right now too, they have the link for the official ballot for 607 TWS presents the 2022 Brody awards. That's correct. That will be going down the first uh, episode of 607 TWS in the new year. Yes. So the votes are coming in. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. So just click on the link, fill out the form and make your voice heard. I do believe that will be January the 3rd. Yes, because it comes so. out on Tuesday. So January the 3rd, you will get the 2022 Brodies. Cannot wait for that. We've already gotten some votes in, but make sure you guys get your ballots in before the 29th, correct? Yes. So that way we can tally them all up. We're going to give our two cents, your two cents, and then whoever uh, wins overall, we'll give the overall awards, plus which me and Ken think it's going to be a lot of fun as it is each and every year. Well, if you would like to get a hold of the 3FN Podcast, though, it's simple. Look up 3FNPodcast.com. There you can get the links all for 607TWS, the 3FN Podcast, even friends of the show like the ODPH. Plus, we have our Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FN Podcast. For as little as $1 a month, you get a ton of extra bonus content. 
Also, on top of that, check out the Tee Public link, links to friends of the show, links to the musical directory, mm-hmm. where you can find such great bands as Floodlands, whose song Ruins is the theme song for 607TWS. Make sure to support them on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. And last but not least, there is the local sponsors who help bring this show to you each and every week, commercial-free. Big shout-out to the sponsor for this show in particular, Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, DragonMasterGames.com. Thank you for being sponsors of 607TWS. But that's enough about us. That's enough about the sponsors. I believe, Ken, if you check your watch... It is time to get this ball rolling, and we're going to start off by reviewing NXT Deadline, which came to us from the Capitol Wrestling Center down there in Orlando, Florida, a.k.a. the Performance Center. But Mm -hmm. that is their building where they do the live wrestling, if you will. Correct. Including NXT shows proper. News on some of that after we talk about this card. Are you ready to break down NXT Deadline? I can't wait. Let's go. Uh, first of all, there's two dark matches that we did not get to see, but I will give you the results of them. Ivy Nile with uh, Tatum Paxley in her corner defeated Lash Legend. And also Chase University, Duke Hudson and Andre Chase with Thea Hall in their corner defeated Javier Burnell and Zion Quinn. Uh, so those were two dark matches. That's all we have because we didn't get to watch them, so we can't break those down. But just giving a shout out that that happened for the live crowd before NXT Deadline went live. Love Chase U. Absolutely. First yeah. first up, though, on the show proper at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this past Saturday on the Peacock, cock, cock, the, the peacock, peacock, we got the Women's Iron Survival Challenge. And we were not sure, let's be honest, about this match. We were not sure about the stipulation match, I should say. Not the women's match in particular, not even the men's match mm-hmm. in particular. Just how this was going to boil down. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it more at the end of the show. Just keep that in mind. Uh, but in the Iron in the Survivor, Iron Survivor Challenge to determine the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship on the opening start, we had uh, Zoe Stark, Cora Jade, Kiana James, Indy Hartwell, and Roxanne Perez. This match got 25 minutes, which was the time limit for the match. At the end of the day, with two falls to everybody else's one except for Kiana James, who got none, Roxanne Perez is your winner of the first ever Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. How did you feel about this match, Ken M? Phenomenal match. I really thought for being such a a mixture of TNA and WWE classic matches, so to speak, this came off really well, and I love the storytelling that was going on. I thought that Roxanne was a great call to win. I was thinking Indy was going to do it, but Roxanne winning, that kind of gives me some thoughts about uh, how soon Mandy Rose and company are coming to the main roster. Uh, I agree there. I, I de- You know what? The match type, I dug it here. Uh, they didn't go too far outside of the the boundaries. They kept it very, you know, I don't want to say basic because that sounds like an insult. Right. But the, the women that came out, we got the feeling of every five minutes, you know, it starts off with two every five minutes, a new women enter the fray until they were all in the match. You could get pinfalls in submissions the entire time. If you got pinned or submitted, you had to go into a penalty box for a minute and a half. So there was, you know, I like the fact that, believe it or not, the way this played out, even in this match, I like the fact that you were punished for losing. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of these matches, you don't get punished for losing. Somebody could have just hit in the penalty box and gotten a couple quick roll-ups. Maybe that in the future could be actually a way to win this match. Yeah. If you have enough, you know, pinfalls. But at the end of the day, I thought that they did a very good job tying a match that I was very, very 
on the fence about going into it. So I thought here they didn't really press anything. Like I said, everybody had one pinfall except for Kiana James. And, of course, your winner, Roxanne mm. Perez, with two. She got the last pinfall towards the end of the match. Made it very exciting. But I feel like the women's one, and this is nothing to take away from, very good match. I was entertained the whole match. Really paint by numbers. And I think it was a good way to introduce this match. Later in the Agreed. night, we're going to talk about w- how this match could actually be very – how this match is better because of the main event. Mm-hmm. However, I are sorry, the semi-main event these days, if you go by yeah. certain people's logic. <laughs> uh, but uh, the other thing I want to point out is, is uh, Booker T getting emotional yeah. of Roxanne Perez winning. Of course, Roxanne Perez is one of his protégés coming out of that. reality of wrestling. And it, I, I, I'm really happy for Booker T, who on camera couldn't withstand it. He, he broke down a little bit. They kind of turned to the side, pushed off, you know, but he definitely was very emotional about one of his protégés. Winning and, and and making a big uh, impact on a big stage. Agreed. No, I thought I thought the the moment definitely was such a high emotional one that yeah he just couldn't hold back about that. And I love seeing that. Like I thought they really gave a little more gravity to the situation too. Next match was in the women's division of NXT in a singles match. Isla Dawn defeated Elba Fire via pinfall in nine minutes and fifty two seconds. Um, Listen, this was my least favorite match of the night. Not saying that it was bad. I, I, I said if we don't put grades on it, but if I was going to give it a grade, it would be a C, right down the middle, average match. What takes it away from me is I'm not I, – I, all this supernatural shit. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sold on it. And Isla Dawn, unfortunately, I think they did a great job in the ring, but we had the – touching the referee, and the referee starts literally f- – puking up some kind of like green yeah, black stuff like the like it's... like Papa Shango made the one referee you know bleed back in the day that belongs back in the day in my opinion yeah I agree with you I mean it's just something I know that they were trying to introduce a little bit now with the NXT 3.0 if you will it's just not connecting with me like I say you gotta do it in spurts and but to do the supernatural versus supernatural it's just not clicking I'm sorry it just it comes off too too fake. No, I agree with you 100% there. Next up, we had the NXT Tag Team Championship match. Your champions, Pretty Deadly, Elton Prince and Kit Wilson, being challenged by one of the greatest tag teams in the history of World Wrestling Entertainment, The New Day, Day. Kofi Kingston, and of course, Xavier Woods. Of course, Xavier Woods is the only person that, of that of that team on the card tonight, I understand Big E, former NXT champion. Right. Big E is still out. Uh, you know, T's and P's for Big E, mm-hmm. as always. Always. Uh, but Xavier Woods came up through that FCW NXT system. I know he'd come over from TNA, but he was there for a little bit while. Mm-hmm. He was there as his real name, Austin Creed, for a little bit before creating the Xavier Woods character that, that then would go on to the main card. Kind of, of a homecoming in a way for Xavier Woods. Of course, New Day have never held the NXT Tag Team Championships, but they are multiple-time WWE Tag Team Champions, mm-hmm. whether it's the Raw brand, SmackDown brand, both. It's it's crazy, right? Yep. Pretty deadly. What, what can I say about entertaining tag team? Oh, my God, yeah. Proved themselves in, in, in strides in NXT. This is their biggest match to date. You're going up against one of the GOAT tag teams in the world today. But 14 minutes and five seconds into this match, your winners and new NXT World Tag Team Champions, The New Day, and solidifying and yet another title for The New Day. But this match, this match, Ken, one of my favorites of the night, one of my favorites of the weekend. This was a, as Sheamus would say, banger. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the match? Most entertaining match of the weekend. I thought the chemistry that they all had together, especially doing the Eddie Guerrero spot with the belt, I thought was brilliant. 
I thought this really told a great story. I love seeing the New Day win these belts, and for Kofi, he now sets the record for most tag team uh, championships won. Yes, it would. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, this was just a huge moment for them, and I think a hum- huge moment for the brand, too, because with the New Day down there, they can de- definitely help elevate teams such as Pretty Deadly, who I think have got a bright future on the main roster when they want to make that call-up. And I think it'll definitely get more people watching the show. It's a win-win right now. Shawn Michaels would go on later in the night in his uh, press conference, which we're going to talk about that more at the end. But he would go on at the end of the night and say that with that win, he anticipates the New Day will be showing up with the NXT Tag Team titles on SmackDown and also will probably be defending them a little bit on SmackDown as well, which gives more exposure to NXT. Mm -hmm. Smart move there. Once again, right now, your titles are, are, are you know, we, we've, we've been on this prediction for a while. The Usos are probably going to carry the belts until Mania. Yeah. Probably going to lose them to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we could all be wrong, but that is what the writing on the wall right now looks like. Sure. Correct? Yeah, no, absolutely. So this is a good way to keep the New Day doing something productive even. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a really good idea. So I, I was all on board with this. Proud, happy for the new day. Also, think about how many teams are going to get elevated by getting to work the new day. And also, the NXT name gets elevated on WWE's flagship show in a lot of ways, SmackDown. It's nothing but a lot of win. So I think this was a very good business decision by World Wrestling Entertainment, NXT, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and everybody else Mm -hmm. involved. Facts. So kudos to everybody. Next, we had the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge, of course, to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Uh, This featured Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, J.D. McDonough, Joe Gacy, and Axiom. This match also 25 minutes, obviously the time limit. This match, like we said before, was the match where we finally got to see what you could do. And future matches are going to probably expand on this because I'm reading it here. Axiom, two pins. Joe Gacy, two pins. J.D. McDonough, zero. Put up the goose egg. Mm -hmm. Carmelo Hayes. Two falls, but your winner of the first ever Iron Survivor Challenge, Grayson Waller with three falls to his finish. He stole a pinfall in the last minute and a half of this match from Carmelo Hayes Mm -hmm. and then did the smartest and and, and, and listen, I'm not a big Grayson Waller fan, right. but I love the ending of this match. He steals the, you know, Melo hits that top rope leg drop on the back of the head, like almost like a fame asser from the top, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, in comes Waller, who had just gotten out of the penalty box, tosses Carmelo Hayes, gets the looks around and goes, Oh shit, pin. No, he pulled him out. Sorry, he pulled yeah, him out of the ring. Yep. Then realized, oh shit, I can get the pin, rolls in, grabs the leg, one, two, three, gets the pin, and then Carmelo Hayes is like, Oh shit, I have less than a minute to try to tie him to go to sudden death. So he bolts out of the ring. JD McDonough's on the mat like there. And the smartest thing he did, he pulls him out of the ring so nobody can pin him. And then he proceeds to run away from everybody in the match for the last 45 seconds. It's brilliant. I thought it was a very brilliant win for uh, Grayson Waller. I was actually a fan of it. And then at the end, he celebrated with a shoey. Yeah. This, this couldn't have ended better for him. And I agree with you. I'm not the biggest Grayson Waller fan, but this ending definitely elevated his stock in my eyes. And I, I totally love how he's running with it. I don't think he's going to be the guy to take the belt from Braun Breaker, but it'll be a great match, though. I think it will, and I, you know what? He's moved up a little bit in my book. Yeah. I was very hard on him. I, he's very annoying. I thought he did very good in this match. Though. I agree. And in the main event of the evening for the NXT Championship, 
your champion, Braun Breaker, defending the title against Apollo Crews. This match got 14 minutes and 34 seconds at the end of the day. And still, NXT World's Heavyweight Champion, Braun Breaker. Very solid match. I didn't like the suddenness of the ending, though. That was the only thing I did not like because Breaker was taking a lot of damage from Apollo Crews. They were having a lot of near falls. And then suddenly he just hits the spear out of nowhere, short range, and gets the three. I didn't like that. But it didn't take away overall from the match because I thought they had some great chemistry. I wouldn't mind seeing this ran back, maybe with a stipulation on the line, maybe a ladder match. I'm just going to put the karma out there. But I thought this was a very good match, did what it needed to do. Braun Breaker's on a roll. And obviously sets up for him and Grayson for New Year's Evil. Evil. I was going to say, during the at the time, we did not know when the winners of the uh, Iron Survival Challenges were going to get their championship shots. Shawn Michaels, during the after press conference, said that both Roxanne Perez and Grayson Waller will get their respective shots on, the, on January the 10th at NXT's New Year's Evil, which will take place on USA Network. Uh, uh, during the normal broadcast. They did that last year as well. Yes. Uh, this year, they did move Halloween Havoc to a premium live event, which wasn't that way last year. But this year, New Year's Evil is still staying on USA Network. Smart move, I think. Also on top of that, let's just stick with the press conference for a minute before I talk about the next premium live event, PLE, if you will, mm-hmm. from NXT, which is big, huge news, by the way. They announced this during the night, not in the press conference. He did talk about it a little more in the press conference, but we'll talk about it separate. But uh, Shawn Michaels said that this was a, to him, it was the best NXT show that they have done in a long time. I'm going to second that. I think this reminded me of takeovers. I agree. No, this definitely had a takeover vibe to it. He said he also would like to continue to build on this momentum. There's a lot of big plans in the work. And during those plans, which we're going to talk about now, we're going to see a lot more of the NXT brand. And he's super excited because he feels like they have the depth now and they have the depth waiting to get into the game. And his biggest thing is that he wants to send uh, he is Braun Breaker, especially he said this, he said this about everybody, but he was talking about Braun Breaker specifically when he sends people to the next level, he wants to send them up there with a bow all ready to go. And he said, Braun's pretty much there, but he wants to make sure when he steps foot on Raw or SmackDown's ring, he is a finished product, mm-hmm. ready to go. And that's what they're trying to do in NXT. And he said he feels a lot of people right now on the NXT roster are re- almost ready to do that. And he's got a great bench that are ready to take their spots on NXT. I think it's a great formula to, to really push the next level of talent. I really think that we are getting back to the basics of NXT 1.0, if you will. I think that Michaels has a vision of what to do, and I think that it coincides with what Triple H wants to see out of this brand. And you're seeing stars being made right before your eyes. And this is starting to generate. It's not the same as NXT 1.0. I want to point this out. But it does echo a lot of the same ideas. And you're now seeing talent really start having great matches. They're really starting to get away from the characters and get back to the great blend of in-ring and you know offerings, so to speak. So when you're seeing this now get put together, once these wrestlers go up to the main roster, they're going to be ready. There's not going to be that moment where you're kind of going, oh, it's a call-up. How are they going to fit in? Like You can legit see right now Braun Breaker going on Raw or SmackDown tonight. And they'd he'd fit right in. Like that's how far along he is. Absolutely. So I yeah, agree more. Yeah. So I definitely think this is the right step. And I think that a lot of people should be taking notes about what NXT is going to be doing in twenty twenty three. 
So speaking of what NXT is going to be doing in 2023, we got an announcement during the show, touched upon it a little bit at the end of the show during the press conference as well. We found out when their next premium live event is. Now, normally we would just spit it out because it's, you know, we know it's going to come from the Capitol Wrestling Center in Orlando, Florida, yada, yada, yada. But wait a minute. That's not the announcement. First of all, the announcement was the name of the event is NXT Vengeance Day, Mm -hmm. uh, which has the Vengeance logo. They just added day to it. We now know that it will go down on February 4th of 2023, which is a Saturday, which has been normal for WWE right. now. AEW did kind of start that trend. WWE definitely took it over. AEW needs to go back and continue to do Saturdays as well, in Absolutely. And uh, the biggest news of this is it will not be coming to you from the CWC in Orlando, Florida. No, ladies and gentlemen, it will be coming from the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's right. Traveling pay-per-view that is not attached to a WWE pay-per-view. This is a lone stand. Also, it has been talked about and rumored because of which, and he said about it in the press conference, NXT is looking to be a traveling show very soon in 2023 as well, which means the weekly live event may not always take place at the Performance Center slash the CWC. Your thoughts about the big PLE going down in Charlotte, North Carolina on February the 4th, and also the fact that NXT is looking to take the show on the road. I think that's a big thumbs up and a vote of confidence to the roster that the powers that be are pushing for this. And I think that they're ready. I honestly do. I think that if you watch 3.0 right now, you see stars on that show. You can definitely build a a premium live event. God, I keep saying pay-per-view. But you, either way, you, yeah. But you, but you can see right now the talent is there and they're ready to take the main stage. And we're this is going to be a great benchmark to see who is going to get that final call up after night after WrestleMania. So this is a smart business move, and especially having the talent being ready to go back on the road and getting used to the travel schedule. Like this is going to really push people to their limits and really get the most out of their characters. This is nothing but win. I love seeing this. Yeah, I agree 100, 110%. Cannot, cannot wait to see more from this. I think they are ready. I think it'll be a testament to go out there. I want to stop the, the the haters and the naysayers, whether you're on Team WWE or Team AEW. I think this has zero fuck all to do with, oh, we're going to show AEW. That we can go out and put more asses that. in the seats. I think it has nothing to do with that. I think that in the next evolution, Shawn Michaels keeps talking about. Shawn Michaels keeps, is one of the things that he kept saying during the press conference, in different ways, but overall, like I said earlier, is that when we send people up, we want to make sure they have a bow on them and they're ready to go. They're ready made. The the, the WWE Universe, even if they don't watch NXT, we hope you are, but even if you're not, you're going to see a you know fully developed character, fully developed wrestler that just steps in the ring and is ready to go. And I, I can't stress that enough. What better way than to make sure they're traveling? Mm-hmm. Get them on the road. Get them used to not being at the CWC. You have the same, you know, fans in the yeah. same seats cheering the same people. It's easy to get over in the CWC because you know that that's your home. You know, th- th- those are our homers, if you will. Exactly. You're playing in front of the home team every game. Now, if you go on the road, you might not get those same reactions. And I think that that's another test of this. This is the real reason I think they're doing it is because Shawn Michaels goes, hey, if we put these kids in and we do some live, you know, events. And some PLEs out on the road, we can get a real pulse in the room of what fans are. Also, you're going to probably bring in fans who are not watching NXT to a live 
taping of the NXT television show and also to, you know, the live PLEs. And that might spark new fans. So all the way around for them, this is a good fucking move, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. The vision's there, and they're definitely making sure that the future investment of talent for WWE is going to blossom. They're not expecting anybody to flame out. They're expecting everybody to shine bright, burn bright, and keep it, keep the ball moving, keep the machine rolling. So that's going to bring us to the other little bit of business here. That's going to wrap up the NXT business. We have only one other piece of WWE business, if you will, but it's really more or less WWE adjacent. Yeah. Because this past week, we had big rumors, big time reports coming out. Sasha Banks. Yes, that's Sasha Banks is going to possibly be working Wrestle Kingdom against the IWGP Women's Champion of the World, uh, Kyrie Sane. Now, with that being said, we're a lot of people on the fence. A lot of people are kind of like, what's going on? And a lot of people speculating a lot of different things. So mm. it, that's why it's a rumorville right now. But Mike Johnson has weighed in. Some other people from PW Insider and, and, and other journalists that we respect have weighed in. And it seems like there's a picture coming together. And the picture that's coming together is that Sasha Banks made this deal without World Wrestling Entertainment. That means that World Wrestling Entertainment, technically, since she's still under contract, as far as everybody knows, can put the kibosh on it, even though her contract allegedly comes up, I think, on January 1st is what a lot of them are speculating. That's the speculation, yes. And the event wouldn't happen. If she's on night one, it's January 4th. If she's on night two, it's January 5th, technically speaking. But with no compete clauses and stuff, whatever. So this does this mean that they let her go and then no competes over or, you know, Listen, for those people who are like confirmed Sasha Banks to AEW, is this a deal where WWE is now making a deal with her, keeping it under wraps and saying, okay, you can go work for New Japan? Because as we found out also this week, Machine Gun Carl Anderson will be wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. He is under WWE contract. He will be defending the Never Open Weight Championship there at Wrestle Kingdom, presumably against Tomatonga. I don't know if I don't think they've made that match official yet. Uh, I've not seen an official graphic for it yet, but that is what all roads point to. Right. So I'm assuming that will be the match we get at Wrestle Kingdom. I do not know if it'll be on the 4th or the 5th since Wrestle Kingdom's two days now, but that match will be going down and WWE has said, yes, we're going to be sending him over. Also, we know that Pro Wrestling Noah, which is a subsidiary now of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Mm -hmm. has got Shinsuke Nakamura booked against the Great Muda on January the 1st. So WWE is now working with the New Japan front office on talent exchanging. Yes. One-sided, they're not bringing in any talent for WWE as of yet, Right, but they are bringing in talent to over there. So there is a possibility for everybody who's like, oh, well, this means Sasha's definitely gone. Maybe not. Maybe they let her make her own deal. And maybe they're like, okay, since you're coming back, we'll just kind of, this will be a good throw them off. Or maybe she is gone. Either way. Let's break it down a little further before I send it to you, because there's a great article that hit Reddit today. And it's basically uh, the what's going on with the Bushi, Bushi Road who owns New Japan Pro Wrestling and what's going on. So uh, I'm going to read this exact here. Uh, It's a very detailed update, so I will give a summary of the biggest points. Uh, Stardom pursued Sasha shortly after she walked out on WWE months ago. Sasha showed mutual interest in joining Stardom during negotiations, according to Rossi. Rossi Ogawa, Stardom's booker, walked away from negotiations after hearing Sasha's asking price, which is said to be, in quotations, exuberant and beyond stardom's budget. Hmm. Kadani, who's the Bushi Road president, gave Ogawa 
the green light to pursue Sasha again a few months later. What's on the table is a very limited per-appearance deal that would make Sasha the highest-paid Bushi Road contracted wrestler by far. Her program would be centered around the IWGP Women's Championship. Vow can't confirm if she signed a deal or not. And then they go on to say, once again, there are more details in the Patreon, including why Bushi Road is pushing for Sasha so hard, which I think, and it goes on, which I'm assuming the reason they're pushing for Sasha so hard is it's a big name for their big event. Yeah. Makes all the sense in the world. Uh, what I took away from there is an exuberant price. Ken, what are your thoughts on the whole Sasha situation? It's very, very unclear. And I think that if she did cut a deal to go over there, I think that she might be working a deal with WWE to come back, and this might just be a bargaining chip too. Like, I really want to go over here. Can we make this happen for Wrestle Kingdom? And I'm sure Triple H is saying, okay, we'll do this if you come back. I don't think that this is necessarily a co-sign that she's going to AEW. I think anybody running with that right now is just overhyping about a, a new free agent on the market because obviously the big names are gone. Most most of the big free agents, I should say. So, in my opinion, like I think that this is just a nice way of maybe just extending the olive branch to WWE um, with Sasha and kind of mending fences from you know, obviously what happened earlier. And I think that if the asking price was too much, I mean, see, that's the only thing that's kind of throwing me off because, I mean, Sasha's a big name, and you want to really highlight that for Wrestle Kingdom. But, I mean, how much is too much? Well, I agree. Uh, what I was, my biggest takeaways here are, uh, are this. This doesn't mean anything about her future. Mm. Once again, since WWE is making deals with the New Japan office, this could just be simply them going, okay, we're going to allow you to use Sasha Banks. She can work her own deal out. If you want to pay her that price, go fucking for it. And we'll make her available for however many dates you guys agree to. So there could be that. Mm-hmm. Also, this could very well be that she's done and maybe she's just going to try some stuff in Japan while she continues to try to be an actor. Uh, one of the best one of the best indications that we knew is she was trying to get more Hollywood acting roles when she left WWE to make success. Mm-hmm. Not anything as large as The Mandalorian. Right. She was hoping there would be more in the superhero avenue for her or some big budget movies from whether it be DC Studios or Marvel Studios or working more with Disney. And it just didn't happen. Uh, for whatever reason, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means it didn't happen in that time frame. Right. We know this because she's reported on it herself. So then that also leaves the third option. The third option is that she's done with WWE. She's going to sign this great deal. And because New Japan does work with AEW, AEW could sign her to a deal as well. And she could work the dates as well. That is the third option. So there is three options right now. We'll all find out when it's all set in stone. Until then, we won't. And obviously, there's that big match going on on the Dynamite where Sa- where, where uh, Soraya is going to have a mystery partner against Britt Baker and the AEW Women's World's Champion, Jamie Hayter. And that goes down on January the 11th, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So there is a possibility that if she's gone, maybe he opened up the check. Tony Khan, that is, opened up the checkbook and said, fuck it, we're bringing Sasha in. Which would be smart, believe it or not. But it is it. And here's where the cult of Sasha is going to possibly come and flog me. Yeah. Because I have, but I think this is a fair question. Is it really that smart after the CM Punk fiasco? You are possibly dealing with the female version of CM Punk. And by what I mean by this is we've said it before on the show. 
her leaving is valid to her. And that's all it me- that's all it means. But that's not the first time. That's the second time she's left. Mm-hmm. It was the first time she did it that abruptly. The other time she said, basically, I'm just going home. And it was more of a professional way, but still an abrupt way. Right. So that happened twice in WWE. And whether you argue about Vince and how things were handled, once again, your name is on a contract. There's a professional way, non-professional way. So when people are questioning that, we've said yes. But at the same time, if she walked out for whatever reasons, it's valid whatever her reasons are. Mm-hmm. We're not here to judge that. But if I'm Tony Khan, who just had this big, huge thing happen with CM Punk, am I so excited to let Sasha Banks come in when if she gets pissed off about her direction, she could take her ball and w- walk home? You know, at least there's no indication that she'll open her mouth and talk shit because she didn't do that about WWE. Who knows if Mm. the shoe's on the other foot? But she might take her ball and go home. And can you really withstand that in the women's division? That let's be honest, that women's division is still at best under development. No, you're not wrong. I mean, in all honesty, that is something that you really would have to be careful bringing Sasha in at this stage, especially if you're AEW. Because you're still feeling the ramifications from the all-out media scrum, no matter how you want to try spinning it otherwise. That's still hitting your fan base pretty hard. That's still hitting all your aspects pretty hard of your company. So trying to bring in Sasha, yeah, it's a it's a name. But then again, how is it going to pay off long-term? Like, in my opinion, they're not getting her in. They're bringing back Chris Statlander, and that'll be the return match. I'm just – I think that Chris is going to be back around that time, so that's what my pick is. I just don't think you're going to have – Sasha come in, especially if she's a free agent, is it a set done deal? I mean, that's the one thing that I just, I mean, I don't know the, you know, the business legality of that, but I think that you really have to be careful if you're going to do that. And I would say if I'm AEW, I kind of steer clear right now and just kind of settle your ship, so to speak, because obviously it's been some rough waters. You really just want to kind of maybe even the you know even everything out right now before you try bringing in somebody that could go CM Punk again. I agree there. Uh, I mean, it's a smart business deal from the fact that she's known, she's a name, she's going to be a draw. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. However, is the draw worth what possibly could happen? I don't think she's going to bring you back to the glory days of when CM Punk was pulling over a million people on television. No. Because I don't, and, and this is nothing against Sasha Banks. I just don't think she's as big a star as CM Punk is. Remember, CM Punk, before returning to AEW, for seven years, we heard CM Punk chanted in every wrestling venue. Right. Every wrestling venue. We're not hearing that for Sasha. Bottom line. And nothing against Sasha. There's very few people that were on the level of CM Punk as far as in the fans' eyes. And now that we've seen pretty much record lows for AEW Rampage Mm -hmm. and lows for AEW Dynamite, unopposed even, you have to wonder if the CM CM Punk effect was worth it. And I don't know. Uh, They're still trying to fix that identity in a lot of ways, as you pointed out. So can you take another hit like that? I I don't know. I wish I could I could give you, and I'm not even going to be the smart ass and play the Lex Luger. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know if it's I don't know if the possibility of her walking out on your company is worth the however many months of pops you get and maybe rating boost. Yeah, because you'd almost walk into a situation like when they had Matt Cardona for what was it five days or something? Yeah, five days. Yeah, like if you do something like that again with Sasha, like I don't. I just don't know, like they say, the long-term stability of it, I just don't know about. And I think that's something you got to really be careful with because you're, you're still dealing with the CM Punk effect. Like, can you go through another situation like this? In my opinion, no, you can't. But I understand why you would try getting Sasha. Sasha is a star. There's no question about that. 
but is it going to be worth the headache long term if something goes wrong? That's right. that's the situation you got to walk, and it's at, th- at this point, I don't think AEW can. I think you hit a, the nail right in the head. I think they should probably look into something like Cardona had, maybe sign her to some dates, and if it works out and everything's going well, then try to extend that out. Sure, but I feel like if I feel like it's just a question mark for me. And after the Punk situation, it's a know, big one. It's a big question. I think it has to really be investigated by Tony Khan and the people in charge over at AEW. I really think that you have to think this through. Can't just think short term. Right now, you're still reeling from CM Punk, and it's true. If, if you don't believe it, take a look. Yeah. Just take a look at every number available to us. Take a look at the house attendance. Take a look at the ticket sales. Take a look at every number and matrix you can. Take a look at the crowd still chanting CM Punk. The bottom line is, was was bringing CM Punk in worth it? Yes and no. Yes, it was worth it for the year he spent on TV. No, because now we're dealing with this fallout and they're not really recovering. It was, you know, we're now out of this fallout by four months now. Mm-hmm. And it's still kind of like... It's still there. It's looming. It's lingering, and it doesn't help when you have situations like when the Elite came back. And I understand they were in Chicago, but the fact that they were reenacting some of CM Punk's uh, not-so-great moments in the ring definitely was reminding people about what happened with Punk. And I understand they're in hostile territory, but they should have just avoided that all and just went right back to business. Let them, let them forget about Punk. Exactly. That's what they should I mean, they're done. not going to forget 100%, but let the, the majority of your crowd heal. That's, that's what I would say. So... You have to take all these in. Now, once again, we don't know if she's going to end up there or not. So at the end of the day, we will keep you up to date on everything we hear. As of right now, maybe Sasha Banks is working the IWGP uh, women's title match at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's going to re-sign with World Wrestling Entertainment. Maybe she's not. Maybe she's going to go on and make some more Hollywood movies. Maybe she's not. And maybe she'll end up in AEW. As of right now, I don't feel comfortable, and I know you don't feel comfortable, no. saying where we think she's going to end up. However, those are everything that's on the table, as we know it, as of right now, and we will always be up to date on that situation as it continues to roll out. That's going to bring us to the first break of the show. When we come back from this break, it will be the mid-card of the show, which you know is the Indie Roundup. We got three big shows to preview that are going to be on Fight Plus this upcoming weekend. All that and more after we return from this first break. right get that bass ken m get it my favorite part of the show each and every week is ken m giving us that fine bass work here 
before we hit that mid-card on this week's edition of 607-TWS. And as you already know, the mid-card is brought to you by our good friends over at Fight.TV, more specifically, Fight Plus. Fight Plus is a subscription service that you can get over at IWT or over at fight.tv almost at IWTV they're gonna kill me for that one you can get over at fight.tv and over there for $4.99 a month you can sign up for fight plus what fight plus does is give you a ton of archives a ton of different uh things not even just wrestling MMA slap boxing boxing combat sports and more and for that $4.99, you get to watch live and archival events for all that. But because this is a wrestling show and the wrestling is strong over there, you get to see some of the live shows from some of the biggest names in independent pro wrestling, including the biggest of them all and a lot of people's estimation, including my own, Game Changer Wrestling, plus House of Glory, Wrestling Revolver, AIW as well as our good friends over at Glory Pro Wrestling, Black Label Pro, and so much more, all included for $4.99 a month, plus you get $2 in fight credits. So really, you're only paying $2.99 a month, and you can use those fight credits to buy other pay-per-views or to use towards other pay-per-views on the service. All of that you can find at fight.tv and sign up for Fight Plus for $4.99. How excited are you for Fight Plus? I love Fight Plus. It is legit the best deal in independent pro wrestling, bar none. I'm sorry. Like, I'm just saying this as a subscriber. I'm saying this as you can go on there and find your style of wrestling, your style of MMA. They have so much live events going on there, and for such a low price, it is a steal. Let alone you get to watch the biggest independent pro wrestling promotion going right now, and that's GCW. For four ninety nine a month. I mean, the savings are there. You used to have to pay thirteen dollars. Yeah. On the minimum for a GCW event, multiple times a month, get them bundled for a little cheaper, but still, multiple times a month. Now four ninety nine gets you everything. Can't beat it. And let's talk about Game Changer Wrestling, yes. shall we? Let's kick it right off because they are coming back live this upcoming Friday night. Uh, from Los Angeles, California, at the Ukrainian Cultural Center, their home on the West Coast. And, of course, they're bringing us America's Most Wanted. This is going to be one hell of a card. It goes down at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's right, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. So if you're on the East Coast like us, it's a late turnaround for them. You might want to watch it the next day. If you have it on Fight Plus, you get the replay, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So are you ready to talk about some of the action going on at America's Most Wanted? I'm so amped up for this card. Let's go. So first up, we uh, have the debut of the man who is currently the AAA World's Champion, El Hijo de Vikingo, makes his GCW debut and one of his first times in the States. Yeah, no, this is going to be exciting. It's all hell. Next up, we have a big six-man lucha match. Gringo Loco will tag up with Los Vipers to take on Arez Commander in ASF. They're not going to be able to keep everybody in that building. They're going to be flying all over the place. I'm going to throw this out there. Who does, in the States, not talking about Mexico, who does better Lucha Six Bands you know, than GCW? Nobody. Next up, we have the, the reigning, defending, undisputed, Game Changer Wrestling. World Tag Team Champions, Los Macisos, they will be defending those titles against the Rock Nest Monsters. 
Oh, this could be a fantastic match. Legendary tag team out there in the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Been doing a lot of things for a lot of years in pro wrestling gorilla and uh, West Coast Pro and so much. So it's going to be great to see them in the ring. Next up, fucking always ready, Matt Cardona. Oh, we have to talk about this, don't we? Uh, but you know what? He goes one-on-one with one of our favorites in the heart of the West Coast, Star Boy Charlie. Yes. This is going to be a great match. Cannot wait for this. Next, one of our favorite uh, women's wrestlers on the planet, quite frankly, possibly my women's wrestler of the year. You'll have to find out in the Brodies on uh, January the 3rd. But Masha Slamovich will go one-on-one with the high priestess of the Church of Pro Wrestling, the Dark Sheik. This could be match of the weekend. Legendary Dark Sheik going up against Masha Slamovich. Oh, Who's going to blink first? Oh my! God. I can't wait for this one. Joey Janela is going to be in a war as he's going one-on-one with Pagano. <laughs> yeah, that's going to go all over the place in that building. Uh, expect a death match. Yes. And last, but certainly not least. Oh, sorry. Just added. Just added this past week because of events. So I almost missed the match before the main. Effie will finally get his hands on Charles Mason. The vignettes they're doing for this match. Oh, my God. Do yourselves a favor. Go to Game Changer Wrestling's Twitter channel, their Instagram, wherever, YouTube. Yeah, their YouTube. Check out the vignettes that they've been doing for the Alley Catch Charles Mason situation. That is what Effie's involved in. Effie says he's going to rid Game Changer Wrestling of Charles Mason. That's going down. I almost forgot to mention that. And this is one of my highlights of the night. Yeah, no, this is going to be a great, great match. But you know why I almost forgot? Because I was so excited for the main event of the evening. For the Game Changer Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship, 607TWS's favorite asshole, Tony Deppin, will challenge and go one-on-one with your reigning, undisputed, Game Changer Wrestling World's Heavyweight Champion, who is also the man, the The king, king, the the god god of this this shit, shit, Nick fucking Gage. Thoughts? And new. I I don't like betting against Nick Gage for anything, but this is Tony Deppin's time. The work that he has put in this year, and we saw firsthand when he took on John Moxley down in New York, he is ready for this moment, and I think that now he's finally getting his due. He's finally getting another title shot. He is going to cash in on this. This is going to be a hard-hitting match. This will not be a death match. I don't see it going that way, but I think Tony is going to leave it all in the ring, and I think he's coming away with the gold. I am calling N new right now. Well, if you want to watch, you can make you can check that out on Friday night, 11 p.m. Eastern time, 8 p.m. Pacific, on Fight.tv as part of Fight Plus. So you can pay that $4.99. That's one of the events you get. Let's talk about the next day. That would be that Saturday, and it would be the 18th of uh, October. Sorry, I almost said October again. Why do I keep trying to throw us back in time, Kenem? October was a good month. It was a good month. It was a very, very, very good, good month. month. So December, sorry. Uh, and going down also on Fight Plus and Fight TV is House of Glory. This will be their first event on yes. the Fight Plus. Exciting time. They, they have been on Fight TV for a while, but this will be the first live event on Fight Plus. It's going down from uh, the La Boom in Queens, New York, mm-hmm. and it's live on Fight TV, Fight Plus at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. And that, of course, is House of Glory Revelations. Yes. Like I said, so Saturday the 17th. I spoke earlier. I said the 18th. 17th, because the 16th is Friday, the 17th is Saturday. So want to check out the House of Glory show, what they have announced so far. I Yeah, I'm definitely excited about this. The main event, I know we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah, I definitely want to talk about this card. 
Let's start off with a man who is going to be on the West Coast on Friday night, but will be traveling back to the East Coast for Saturday's event. And he is your House of Glory crown jewel champion. And that is Charles Mason. Charles Mason wrote on Twitter, uh, and I quote, low key, Ken Broadway, homicide, Joey Janela, Ken Broadway for the second time, El Phantasmo, December 17th, who will be foolish enough to step up and challenge for my House of Glory wrestling crown jewel title. So he's open as the open challenge. So he'll be there defending the crown jewel championship. Mm. I mean, if that's if Effie leaves anything left. Yeah, I was going to say, would Effie make an appearance? Maybe. Maybe, maybe he gets it done over. the first night, gets a second. Maybe Alley Catch. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Who knows? Let's talk about matches that are announced, though, for the card. For the House of Glory Women's Championship, your champion, Violetta, is going to be challenged by Masha Slamovich. Oh, boy. Next, we have. The uh, Mighty Monte will go one-on-one with Nolo Catano. Okay. Next up for the House of Glory Worlds Championship, your champion, Jacob Fatu, goes one-on-one with the national treasure, Nick Aldis. Oh, that's going to be a great match. Followed by the House of Glory World Tag Team Championship match, your champions, Dem Boys, the Briscoes, your new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, which we'll talk about in the main event segment, will be defending their titles against the main event. Okay. And last but certainly not least, you notice I did all those title matches, but we didn't call them that. But the draw, the match that is on the top of the marquee, mm-hmm. the main event of the evening, low key, goes one on one with Kenta. This is going to be an incredible match. I cannot wait to watch this. This is going to be phenomenal. Oh, my God, yeah. This, uh, honestly, it's going to be off the fucking chain. Hell, yeah. Like, like I mean, Seriously, this is going to be probably the match of the weekend, and that is saying a lot with how stacked all three cards we're talking about are, but this match is going to be one you definitely don't want to miss. Absolutely. And once again, just to be clear, December the seventeenth. Uh, seventeenth. You know what? You know what messed me up, and I'm going to say this because we we usually leave a lot of this stuff in when it's this. Honestly, is because the GCW show is actually listed on fight for the seventeenth as well because it clutches over to at midnight. Oh, because it goes okay. Because it's sense. eleven p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that's what really confused me. So December seventeenth, Saturday, at six p.m. Eastern Standard Time, House of Glory Fight Plus. But that's not it for Fight Plus. No, 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 no. Sunday, 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 December the 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are getting the Glory Pro Wrestling next show, which is called December 2 Riz Member. And they're doing that with uh, Rizzuto Wrestling as well. So uh, it's going to be a fun show for Glory Pro Wrestling. Let's run down the card, shall we? Yes, indeed. Kenny Alfonso goes one-on-one with Lucky Ali. Okay. Jake something is going, it's going to be the battle of the Jakes is what they're booking this as, as Jake something takes on man scout, Jake Manning. Yeah, it's going to be great. In a street fight, Mike Outlaw and Raheem De La Suede will take on Moses and Tootie Lynn. Oh, this, this is going to be a fantastic match. If you haven't seen them go. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Trisadora will go one-on-one with Ali Catch. Ooh, ooh, that's going to be a fantastic match too. The Rizzuto Show Championship will be on the line as Warhorse defends against Davey Vega, Laney Luck, and Dan the Dad. Hell yes. And then we have our two mains of the evening. We'll start with the first, and that will be for the Glory Pro Championship. Camaro Jackson will defend the title against Cody Lane. Oh, okay. That's going to be a great match. And in the featured bout of the evening, 
Davey Richards will go one-on-one with the national treasure, Nick Aldis. Oh, that is going to be a fantastic match. And once again, that also goes down on Fight.TV on December the 18th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All three of those shows you will get by joining Fight Plus for $4.99 a month. All three of those shows we will be covering next week and reviewing them as well. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts on the big weekend that Fight Plus has lined up for pro wrestling? Ken M. If those three cards don't sell you about getting a subscription, I don't know what else you can do, to be honest with you. GCW has a ridiculous card stacked up. Tony Deppin's coming away with that belt. I'm sorry. I know I'll probably catch a lot of heat for it, but I don't care. He's going to win this. I'm calling it right now. And then House of Glory and Glory Pro, respectively, have got some very, very stacked cards there, too. So if you're a pro wrestling fan and you're sick and tired of watching everything on Monday and Friday nights, you're not really getting into the vibe of what's going on Wednesday night. This is a perfect alternative to go find your pro wrestling and be a fan and enjoy the art. Well, that's going to do it for the mid-card and the indie roundup. We are going to take our final break. When we come back, it is time for the main event of this edition of 607 TWS. And, of course, you know that means only one thing. We're talking about Ring of Honor Final Battle 2022, the fallout from that, a big announcement from Ring of Honor, and much more after this final break. Pans, are you ready? Uh, let's get ready to rumble. That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time for the main event of this week's edition of 607TWS. And of course, in the main event slot, we are going to be talking about Ring of Honor Wrestling and the final battle pay-per-view that went down this past Saturday. Then some Ring of Honor news, some other AW stuff to round out the main event of the show. First of all, before we go any further, we have to say a big thank you because as we talked about last week, there was nothing screaming for us to watch this show. Mm -hmm. Not for the $40 price point. There's a lot of people who also said the same things. But we got to give a shout-out to a listener of the show. His name is Anthony. Shout-out, Anthony. And he provided us with the fight credits – to watch this show. Yes, we used the VPN. Yes, we watched it on fight.tv. Just so everybody is clear, because you can do that. Is I don't think that's against the rules at all. I don't think so. Still paid for it. We were given fight credits by a listener because he wanted us to watch the show and be able to break it down properly. So, Anthony, thank you so much. Salute you. Salute you. Give you the uh, old salute. And uh, if you don't want to watch, by the way, I heard that BR Live had a terrible time again. Yeah, that was what I was hearing too. It was all over the internet. Uh, AEW slash ROH apologized for it. 
So, yeah, there's some issues with BR Live, which we've always said. Mm-hmm. That's why we usually that's why we usually watch the AEW pay-per-views on traditional cable. Right. But we did do the VPN this route because I was not watching on BR Live. No, that was definitely not going down. So, we did check this show out. We did watch it. Are you ready to talk about Ring of Honor's Final Battle 2022? Yeah. Of course, it went down this past Saturday, December 10th at a special 4 p.m. start time from College Park Center in Arlington, Texas. And it was the man. I'm going to get this out of the way because I know some people are going to say we call it right down the middle. Mm-hmm. I know people are going to bring it up if we don't say it. I don't really give a shit as much about attendance and such. But the house was late, brother. Yeah. Uh, our good friend, the dog, looked up on uh, Wrestling Ticks and said that uh, as of six hours before the show, there was still over a thousand tickets available yeah. uh, in a, in a building that's say a little over 3000. Yeah. Once again, I don't care about that as much about the wrestling action as, as I do with the wrestling action. And I'm fine with the wrestling action. I just, I just think it's telling, but once again, what do you expect from a company where you've kind of alienated the hardcore ring of honor fans? Cause mm-hmm. it's not ringing out ring of honor anymore for them. Right. And then it, you've alienated the AEW fans. Because a lot of them, and we'll talk about this especially later, do not want Ring of Honor on AEW television because they're AEW fans. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And we'll, like I said, we're going to talk about it later because that's going to come into the news of later. Yeah. And then in the middle, you have fans like us who they didn't do a good enough job selling it, I believe, to the casual wrestling fan. No, they didn't. This was all thrown together, especially when your best match was made, what, a couple days before? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, it was made Wednesday and you couldn't even have that team on screen. Yeah. So three days, basically three yeah. day build. We'll say because it wasn't quite the same time, 70 some hours. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's just weird to me. It's weird to me, the right, but it is what it is. And we said it last week, and I'll say it again. You're talking about a, t- we're talking about a show, Ring of Honor, that is defunct. There is no TV for it. It's really a kind of a dead company mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And once again, the hardcore old school ring of honor fans are not happy with what's happened over there. And the AW fans, they treat it like WWE fans treat NXT. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a real thing. We'll dive into that a little more, but I just wanted to get it out of the way because I'm not going to harp on the fact of the audience. I thought that the crowd was hot for as much as it was there for what was came there, across yes. very well. And I thought that they got a great night's worth of action. And that's at the end of the day, all that matters. Mm. So let's dive into that card, shall we? Yes. Uh, we, we're going to start on zero hour. There was four zero hour car, uh, matches. matches. Once again, there's another thing that we've talked about. The marathons that AEW does. I feel like Tony Khan, and I, this is going to be a compliment, but it's a criticism as well. Tony Khan, I feel like, thinks that you have to give everybody more bang for their buck so they give you more, more is better. I've said this before. I'm finding that WWE, now that they've scaled things back, less is better. Once again, this is another heavy, heavy card because we're talking thir- or 12 matches, excuse me, mm-hmm. overall. Four on the pre-show, eight on the main card. Eight on the main card, not so bad. Uh, you know, eight's kind of the high end of a three-hour main card. Right. But four extra matches for that hour? Yeah, I mean, but then again, it might go into the – this is only me speculating, so my opinion on this. I think he's really trying to stack that free – you know, the, the pre-show hour to get people hyped up to try making a last-minute buy for it. But at that stage, it's like you're already kind of made up what you're doing. Absolutely. So let's run through the zero hour, shall we? Uh, in a singles match to open up, we had Jeff Cobb defeat Mascara Dorada in seven minutes via pinfall. Decent match. Very good match. Next up in a tag team matchup, uh, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society, Angelo Parker and Matt Menard 
take on uh, take on and defeat the Shinobi Shadow Squad, Cheeseburger and Eli Ism in five minutes and fifty five seconds. Next, we had a in the women's division of Ring of Honor, I should say, singles match where Willow Nightingale defeated Trish Adora in six minutes. Good match. That was a very good match. Very good match. And last but not least, in the main event of the Zero Hour in a tag team match, Top Flight, Dante Martin and Darius Martin defeated the Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett in 11 minutes and 20 seconds. And that match was getting very highly touted. Uh, I've heard some people say it was the second best match of the entire night. I have to agree with that. But once again, here's what I'm going to say. I think that the OGK should have won. Oh, they should have. <laughs> like, I don't understand why. I mean, now they're just calling them the kingdom, but they're also known as the OGK because the kingdom split off to something else. But now once they don't have Vincent, so that's not the, the, the new version of the kingdom is no longer around. So unless they're planning on doing something. Well, we'll get into that later in the, right. the show. I, I just, I, I just don't, I don't get that. Once again, just, not ring of honor enough for ring of honor fans. Yeah, exactly. It just seems like. Yeah, we're just trying to force you know fans to get into it, but they're really not giving them a selling point, in my opinion. But great match! Oh, very great match! Great match, nonetheless. Should have been I on the main put card. A, yeah, should have been on the main card. I uh, the uh, and uh, no offense to this opening contest we're going to talk about. We could have swapped these two matches perfectly. Yeah, swap the two matches, especially because we're going to talk about the end. But listen, if you did not see the Kingdom versus uh, Dante Dante and Darius Martin or the women's match, go back and watch Zero Hour. As a whole, it was a great hour of free. It's still up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can watch it for absolutely free. That's how they you know they put it on their YouTube channel. They're, it was on the pay-per-view providers. It was on Fight. It was on everything because it was free. Yeah. So check it out. Go to YouTube. Go to the All Elite Wrestling or Ring of Honor because it was on both channels. Check it out. It, it, it's worth watching, especially for that tag match and the women's match. The other two matches were really solid as well. I just think that those two shine. Oh, they shined above. The best. Yeah. Let's kick it on over to the main card, shall we, Ken M? Yes, let's do it. So first up, we had Blake Christian and A.R. Fox defeat LFI, Roosh, and Dralistico uh, with Jose, the assistant, and Preston Vance in their corner in 10 minutes and 35 seconds. This match had an awful, strange finish, and I'm not sure if that was the finish we were supposed to get. It didn't seem like it to me. Uh, Dr- Dralistico was on the ground. He was getting covered by AR Fox. There was like a two count. It looked like he kicks out, but the referee still counts the three and calls for the bell. Yeah. And it looked like confusion. Like if you look at AR Fox's face, he's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. I think everybody in attendance was like, didn't know how to react. Like it was kind of like a weird, like, yeah, like a slow clap. Like, yeah. But I agree with you. I thought that this was just a botched ending and just nobody knew what was, nobody knew what to do. Roosh and Dralistico go on a weird after-match beatdown to, which now there's a suspension on Roosh from AEW. Yeah, because he uh, shoved the official. or Yeah, he went too far. Yeah. It was it was strange. I, 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 this match, at the end, it lost me. I don't know if there's something that happened that wasn't supposed to happen or whatever. By the way, fun fact, though, Dralistico is, even though his mask looks like Sinkara's mask or Mystico's mask, he is not the original Mystico or Sinkara in WWE. He was the person that they hired after AAA also fired <laughs> Mystico to become Mystico, and now he's become Dralistico, which is basically the vampire version that's behind the fangs and the extra on the mask. Ah, okay. Just, just so uh, everybody's up to date on uh, the Mexican wrestling scene, AAA in particular. Uh, Next up, we had the women's match for the ROH Women's World Championship. Your champion, Mercedes Martinez, going one-on-one with Athena. At the end of the day, 13 minutes and 10 seconds, we had a new Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, Athena. And 
Mercedes Martinez, giving her all the credit of being a pro in the world. This Texas crowd was pro-Texas girl because, if you guys don't already know, Athena is from Texas, Mm -hmm. not very far from Arlington, and therefore this crowd was solidly behind Athena, even though she was the heel. Yeah. Uh, Give credit to Mercedes because I know she kind of switched mid-match to go with the crowd a little bit too because no matter what she was doing, they were all behind Athena, and rightfully so. I mean, it makes sense. So with that said, the match was very solid. It was what it was, and you know, great for Athena to get a belt. By the way, cool moment of the match was definitely seeing the reaction from Athena's family after yes. uh, she won the title. I thought that was really cool. I do too. So kudos to Athena on being your new ROH Women's World Championship in a great match between her and Mercedes Martinez. Absolutely. Next on the docket, we had a tag team match where Swerve in Our Glory. Yeah, that's right. I didn't stutter. Swerve in Our Glory. You know, the team that broke up at the last AEW pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. They defeated Shane Taylor Promotion, Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey in 13 minutes and 50 seconds. This match was good. It was brutal. At the end of the day, it was reversed from the AEW pay-per-view as Swerve Strickland walked out on Keith Lee, but Keith Lee still got the victory. I have no idea what the hell they're doing with this team. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm sitting there just trying to figure out. I mean, I was happy to see Shane Taylor promotions on. I, I was very excited to see them. But after that, I was like, what are we doing here? In all honesty, like, just make Swerve a heel and let him run. Like, they don't have the belts anymore. Let, just set them up in a feud and let him go. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was very weird. I thought that it was kind of out of place to have a team that hasn't, uh, you know, basically broke up. At the last AEW pay-per-view, full gear, and all of a sudden they're, okay, we need a tag to go up against Shane Taylor Promotions. I understand from a storyline, we did get a little bit of story here, you know, as much as you could in these shows, because obviously Keith Lee was a member of Shane Taylor Promotions, then left Shane Taylor high and dry, so it's kind of a revenge thing. But in that fact, why wouldn't you just go with Shane Taylor for the victory after Keith Lee gets, you know, walked out on? Instead... Keith Lee goes over. I, it was it was a mess to me. Yeah. This, this match, I was not looking forward to it, even though I love most ev- everybody involved in this match. Yeah, I'm not too I, you know I'm not too familiar with JD Griffey as much as everybody else, but I'm a huge Shane Taylor fan. Mm-hmm. I like Keith Lee, and I'm a huge Swerve Strickland fan. So like it's like three out of four in this match, and the only other reason that I do, it's not that I don't like JD Griffey. I thought he was great in this match. Is this was one of the few times I think I've only seen him wrestle like three times. Yeah. So like, I I, I would definitely be interested in seeing him wrestle again. Yeah, I mean, it just, this was just, I'm sorry, like, I hate saying pointless because this was a very solid match for what it was. But, like I say, since they lost the belts, what are we doing with Swerving Keith Lee? And it's not enough to make it connect with me as a fan to care. Agreed. Next, we had another title fight of the night. There were six on this night, just so everybody's. Uh clear this one was for the roh world six-man tag team championships your champions dalton castle and the boys brandon tate and brent tate uh defended those tag team titles against the embassy team of brian cage and gates of agony uh khan and toa this match got 10 minutes and five seconds at the end of the day and your new ring of honor world six-man tag team champions the uh embassy and uh, I thought this was a good match. It was good for what it was. Uh, I liked the spots in it where the boys were trying to go after the monsters that are uh, the embassy. Because mm-hmm. let's be honest, Brian Cage, big dude, and both members of Gates of Agony speak for itself. And I thought that they had some really good chemistry going on in the ring. At the end of the day, 
I'm not upset that the embassy got the win. I thought that was very cool. And on top of that, little tribute to uh, one of Brian Cage's mentors. Uh, they were all wearing uh, the colors of, and more so for Brian Cage, the the symbols of one Chris Canyon. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a solid match. It's cool. The um, embassy got it belts, too. Absolutely. We followed that with a yet another title match <laughs> yeah. as the ROH Pure Championship was on the line here under ROH Pure Wrestling Rules. Your champion, Daniel Garcia, going one-on-one with Wheeler Utah, the former champion. This match got 14 minutes and 50 seconds at the end of the day. And your new Ring of Honor Pure Champion, Wheeler Utah, due to referee stoppage. Now, I'm going to say this. I love the Pure Championship matches. Mm-hmm. I love the stories they tell. I, I really do. Yeah. I love the way that they worked this match because a couple times in this match, uh, Garcia got Wheeler Yuta and moves against the rope, which caused it to force the rope break. So it took away pretty much all of Wheeler Yuta's rope breaks. So by the end of this match, Wheeler Yuta had no rope breaks left. And if you know anything about the pure rules, once you have all, uh, once your three rope breaks are gone, that means if you climb, get to the ropes, even if the guy's got you in a submission, it, it doesn't stop. Right. Even if you grab the rope when you're pinned, it doesn't stop the count. You can no longer use the ropes to break you out. The ropes are all, you know, basically you're screwed. Mm-hmm. So I love that psychology and I love the great wrestling match. These two, I would love to see them wrestle forever. My problem is the finish. And this is going, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's, I know you also agree and we'll speak on it here. This new elbow strike bullshit has become like the new super kick. Yeah. Where it's used too much specifically by the Blackpool Combat Club, but now by other people as well. And the match is a crucifix and Wheeler Yuta just elbowing Garcia until a referee calls the match. And during the match, we probably saw between the two of them three other elbow exchanges. Yeah. I, I'm just kind of, I, I don't like the finish, didn't like this finish, but I thought this was a really, really good match. Ken, what's your thoughts? Great match until the finish. The finish, the, I'm sorry, to end the move like, the, end the match like that with the move is lazy in my opinion i'm sorry it's set up now like the new super kick and we have to see it each match and like everybody like nobody's getting amped up to see the elbow strike i'm sorry it's played out and it's forced in every single bcc match why and is if this is supposed to be like a trademark move it's not getting over and, and especially if you did it what this was the fourth time you did it and granted, it was a variation with the crucifix, whatever. It's still, it, it was a bad way to end the match. Agreed. And it just completely spoiled it for me. Let's move on, by the way, if you're doing the math right now. Three title matches, three title changes. Mm-hmm. Let's go into the fourth title match because the next match was for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. And this was a double dog collar match. Your champions, the FTR, uh, Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler, going two-on-two, if you will, <laughs> against... Them boys, the Briscoe brothers, Jay and Mark Briscoe. This match was a very bloody 22 minutes in 20 seconds. At the end of the day, your new Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, the Briscoes. I'm going to say this. You know me. I say all the time, blood doesn't make a match. But in certain cases, you kind of need it for the violence. This was a match that could use blood. Absolutely. I want to give credit where credit's due to Tony Khan or whoever's booking Ring of Honor because I don't know. I'm assuming it's Tony. There was no blood anywhere else on this card except for this match. And that made this feel that much more important in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I thought this was a great match. This matches their other two classics. This is a trilogy of classics. I understand that FTR had already won the trilogy technically because they had two wins to, to none coming in. Now two wins to one after. However... 
I'm not complaining that we got to see this match again. I didn't like the build because there was no build, but I am very, very, very happy with the outcome of this double dog collar match. Best match of the night. And in my opinion, best match of the weekend. I'm just going to throw it out there. Your thoughts, Ken M. I got to agree with you on all fronts. I thought that this was best match of the weekend. The Briscoes do no wrong when they have great dance partners. And FTR, you can't ask for a better one right now. The chemistry that they have in the ring is why you fall in love with pro wrestling. It really is, because they tell a story. Each match felt different that they've done, and this match they played it right up to the brutality of a dog collar match. So the blood was there for the reason. Hell, the ref even took a... a Dude, the, we, we had a bloody ref in this match. Yeah. Like, okay, <laughs> the, like the ref did, gets hit with the, the, the fucking chain, and he goes down, and he's bloody. It's crazy. Yeah, and then especially the ending, too, where you're seeing you know FTR trying to hold on in the... On, the other member is being held out by the Briscoes. Like it's just it played into the storyline perfectly, and this is what you really enjoy about great tag team wrestling. This is one of the best finishes ever. I wanted yeah. to throw that out there. I almost forgot to talk about it. And thankfully that you said something because I was thinking to myself, "Fuck, I forgot." But listen, Jay Briscoe gets Dax in a what you would call a crippler crossface. Only instead of like the crossface, he's using the chain wrapped around his head around his mouth to pull back. In the meantime. Uh, Cash is trying to get into the ring, but Mark is successfully holding him back. And as he's doing that, Dax will not tap out, but you can see him fading and, and Cash is trying to get to him and he's reaching out towards his partner. And there's literally, they got close. They got literally what? A couple feet, maybe, Give take. you know, away. And then all of a sudden he, he passes out. The referee calls for the bell, yeah. which was perfect. It should have been that way. It was just like fight to the end, fight to the finish. However... And I'm glad that I'm just judging the match on the match because, however, at the end of the match, we got, you know, the the Briscoes did the the right thing. They raised their hands and everything. They left the ring. They clapped for the FTR who were still getting up. And they walked away, giving the ring to the FTR, saying, hey, you are, you've earned more than earned our respect. Take the ring. You know, we might well, maybe we might have won, but take the ring. You deserve it. Mm-hmm. And then we get the fucking ass boys <sighs> attacking the FTR. Which is, ugh. Mind you, in no shirt. Well, one of them didn't have a shirt on. The other one had a tank top. And you're just like, bruh. <laughs> you're like, could you not show that you're coming from the back? And then after a little bit of a beatdown, we get the Briscoes back out to which the ass boys leave. Now, mind you, the ass boys are taking advantage of the FTR. However, the same team that's being beat was beat down just as much. And the Briscoes was a little too much for them. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. And then after we get the referee raising all four men's hands. So we got a nice little send off there. But. I just didn't like the after-match curriculum uh, from the good old-fashioned ass boys. And I ain't calling them the gun boys. They're the ass boys. No, the ass boys are getting forced on everybody. Like, for some reason, they think that they're the next coming in tag team pro wrestling. I, in my opinion, they're not. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not sold on them yet. And the fact that you're, you're forcing them into this high-profile spotlight, I think you're doing a disservice to them. I agree with you. I agree completely. Next up, we, uh, by the way, if you're doing the math, four title matches, four title changes. So next up, we have the 11th match on the card for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Your champion, the Samoan Submission Machine, and the king of television, yes. as they put on the screen, Samoa Joe, because he's also the AEW TNT champion as well, uh, defending the title against Juice Robinson. Better yet, rock hard, Juice Robinson. Uh, This match got 13 minutes and 40 seconds at the end of the day. And still the Ring of Honor World Television Champion, the King of Television, the Samoan Submission Machine, Samoa Joe. This match was a pretty good little fight there. 
I felt kind of bad for the two coming out after, you know, the Briscoes mm-hmm. and FTR, because how do you follow that? Yeah, exactly. But I'll tell you what, they had a nice little, you know, very violent, but very technical match, yeah, in my no, opinion. No, they had a very solid match, and especially for where they got placed on the card. Hey, they took the they took uh, you know the chicken shit and turned it into chicken salad. Facts because coming up after FTR and the Briscoes is hard to keep anybody's attention, but it kept ours and we enjoyed the match quite a bit. Also, uh, to be noted, uh, six or seven TWS's favorite asshole Tony Deppen was shown multiple times sitting in the crowd. Yeah. during this match, and they mentioned how he was a former ROH World Television Champion. I don't know. Does that mean he's coming in? Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. that could, that could play a factor this weekend. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, Ken M. That means we only have one match left, and that was the main event of the evening for the Ring of Honor World Championship with the stipulation that if Claudio Classignoli lost, he would have to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. This match featured the Ring of Honor World Champion, the Ocho, Chris Jericho, defending the title against Claudio Castagnoli of the Blackpool Combat Club. This match got 17 minutes and 15 seconds at the end of the match. And your new Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion, Claudio Castagnoli, via submission. Now, Ken M, do you want to get, I, I, I want to hear this in his raw. So I'm going to say this and I'm going to let you go. The way that Claudio Castagnoli becomes your new ring of honor world heavyweight champion is because he put Chris Jericho in the big swing and Chris Jericho after 32 uh, revolutions, if you will, because I don't know if that's the exact for this, but whatever, what we're calling 32, he tapped out to the big swing, something nobody's ever done. Ken M the floor is yours. How did you feel about this? What the fuck? Seriously? I, I, this was not innovative. This was a complete waste of time. I'm sorry. The swing is not a submission move. What? He got dizzy and tapped? Is that the storyline we're getting told? He got dizzy and tapped out. What kind of pain is he in to force a tap when he's swinging around like he's on a, a ride at the amusement park? I'm sorry. This is not a good finish. This was complete crap in my opinion. Why this was the main event finish. Who greenlit this? In This doesn't make any sense. This was not innovative whatsoever. The only thing I liked about this match is finally Chris Jericho is no longer going to be the Ocho. And he can be something else because now he's not going to be an eight-time world champion. He'll be a nine the next time he wins. So other than that, this was an awful way to close out a decent night of wrestling. And there's no way you're going to spin this narrative that this was so innovative and so imaginative. Seriously? You got dizzy and tapped after you've been having a grueling match where you've been punching, kicking, and whatever else before it. But no, a swing. Like, how fast were you going to tap? Like, that's the question. Did we time how fast Claudio was spinning Chris around? Like, did he break the sound barrier? Like, seriously, how do you tap out to this move? How? (laughs) I don't know. But uh, moving away from that, I wouldn't say grueling match. This match was, it was, honestly, I'm going to be honest, it was one of the roughest, rougher watches to watch this past weekend. Well, yeah, I, I, I did not enjoy this title match at all. Uh, I have been praising. I would, I went on for a little bit 
you know, a few months ago and said how uh, I thought Jericho had lost a step or two and people kind of gave me some shit about it. That was back in August, actually. And then over the past few months with the Ring of Honor storyline, I was like, oh, man, maybe he found it back again. Maybe he, re- and, you know, kind of took a big step. I don't know. I think he took a big step back here, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so, too. I think this definitely, I don't know if he just didn't care. Like, I mean, He kind of looked like me coming to the ring. Yeah, he just... And that's not a good thing. No, like, I don't... There's something about the body, like, in my opinion. Like, I think he just kind of looked like either he knew he was going to lose and just didn't care or just... I don't know. Like, he just... He did not look like the normal Chris Jericho for this. And I don't... I don't know. Like, when you start having that mentality and you can... When you're a fan and you can watch a wrestler come to the ring with that, you know it's going to be a bad match. And obviously, we knew something was going to be weird with this. And I'm sure probably he's going in his head like, I'm going to lose to a swing. Yeah, a well, swing. He's been uh, he's been saying that it was great. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> How? Like, I don't know. like, granted, it's different, but I just want to know why you got dizzy. Essentially, you got dizzy and you tapped. How does that make any sense? Like, I'm sorry, this is you're not going to sell me on this. This was an absolute dud of an ending to a okay match. Well, we had one more thing to talk about. Afterwards, there was a media scrum, and Tony Khan uh, revealed the future of Ring of Honor. And uh, we're going to read the press release, and then I'm going to add on some of the things and kind of break it down a little further between the two. But I'm going to read the press release because I feel like the official press release, which came out the very next day, says a little more. Mm-hmm. Okay, So uh, it's it's got the heading for Ring of Honor and Honor Club on the brand new WatchROH.com. Tony Khan announces relaunch of Ring of Honor's Honor Club platform. More than two decades of Ring of Honor content now available for $9.99 a month with new pay-per-view and TV content to come. Here it is, December 11, 2022. On the heels of a momentous Ring of Honor uh, final battle pay-per-view from College Park Center in Arlington, Texas, Tony Khan announced that the company's Honor Club streaming platform has officially relaunched, featuring more than 2,500 hours of premium professional wrestling content dating back to 2002, with new weekly television episodes coming soon to the platform. The announcement was made during an afternoon filled with title changes as Claudio Castagnoli regained the ROH World Championship from Chris Jericho, Athena taking the ROH Women's World Championship from Mercedes Martinez, the Briscoes winning the ROH World Tag Team Championships back from FTR in their third matchup of this year, Wheeler Yuta winning the ROH Pure Championship back from Daniel Garcia, and the Gates of Agony defeating Dalton Castle and the boys for the ROH World Six-Man Tag Team Championships. Fans can sign up immediately for Honor Club for just $9.99 per month by visiting WatchROH.com. Honor Club is accessible via the ROH app on iOS, Android, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV. The relaunch platform features updated functionality where fans will be able to enjoy thousands of hours of Ring of Honor content, including classic matches from the full ROH television archive and hundreds of pay-per-views and special events. Khan also announced plans for a weekly ROH television show to be solidified at the top of next year. Pay-per-view events will be available for viewing on Honor Club 90 days after they happen live, with live broadcasts still airing via Bleacher Report. So let's break down what he kind of had to say that night and mix it in with this. So first off, the the big thing in the room is that the pay-per-views, the live pay-per-views will not be on Honor Club streaming service. Instead, you will be able to order them on Bleacher Report Live, which does a fucking bang-up job. 
and still, and then you will be able to watch those pay-per-views 90 days after they air for the $9.99 price tag. Okay. Continuing yeah. on. I'm just breaking yeah. stuff down. Real I know. Quick. I know. Continuing on. He kept equating that there's going to be, uh, that this TV deal is in the works and the soft launch would be on honor club. And the press release doesn't say that though. The press release says that they're solidifying a TV, a, a weekly TV show for honor club in the new year. So it doesn't say that he's working on a TV show on a network. It says in the press release that he's solidifying the deal for that. So I don't know if there's a network that is going to be putting on an ROH TV show or if they're just going to show the TV show specifically on Honor Club. That is the one confusing part that we'll obviously have to stay in place. I can tell you this much. It will launch on Honor Club before any TV network. Yeah. That is that is what is ingredients from everything. What he said in the scrum opposed to what is in his own press release. Because the press release does not mention them getting a network deal. Mm-hmm. It mentions them launching it on that. He said it was going to be a soft launch on Honor Club with a TV deal to come in the new year after Wrestle Kingdom and the such because he said that New Japan wrestlers will be a part of Ring of Honor, which is something that they had from the past. So it's interesting is what it is. Yeah. So now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, that answers pretty much all the logistics that we know, correct? Mm-hmm. Now that we've got that all the way, I have huge problems with this. And the biggest one, let's just start off. The $9.99 price point and not getting pay-per-views for that. Yeah. Currently, Ken M, if you're going to compete in a market, right, mm-hmm. shouldn't you compete with other apps for wrestling in the market? Absolutely. So let's start with some of these apps in the market. Let's start with the new kid on the block, as we pointed out, as Fight Plus has now launched live events. At Fight Plus, then this is the cheapest, four ninety nine. Mm-hmm. a month and you get live events from the biggest indie companies including GCW AIW House of Glory Glory Pro Wrestling Wrestling Revolution uh, Wrestling Revolver sorry and more Black Label Pro etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah plus more but that's what you get in wrestling right for 499 and you get the archives of GCW and AIW's adding theirs and so is a wrestling revolver and I don't know about the other ones I'm assuming they'll file suit so you'll have the archives for them plus boxing MMA etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. that is for 499 a month right but the big key thing live events right their pay-per-views if you their monthly shows because they're indies they don't have pay-per-views but their monthly shows you can watch live and then you have the replays okay let's talk about IWTV independent wrestling.tv. $9.99 a month, you get a ton of archival footage from some of the biggest, you know, companies that ever, including some archival footage that still lives there from Game Changer Wrestling and from uh, AIW. And now, of course, you have, you know, CZW in their glory days. They have that. They've added all the Cage of Deaths recently. Plus, you still get to see action from one of our favorite indie companies. West Coast Pro is still there live. Mm-hmm. H2O is there live. A lot of companies are still on there live. Right. Yep. Once again, what is the what did I just say? Live wrestling events, nine ninety nine a month. Mm-hmm. Now let's go into New Japan, njpwworld.com, nine hundred and ninety nine yen a month, which works out to be about nine dollars American. If you're one of our international listeners, it's whatever the exchange rate is in your country. Right. 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 But nine dollars for here us here in the states, nine hundred ninety nine yen for those in Japan. And you get access to the entire, pretty much the entire. I don't think they have everything up, but most of the archive for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, all of their events and pay-per-views. The only difference is for the American market, they do have New Japan Strong Shows, but you have to wait for them to come up because they have a deal with Fight. 
Right. So they don't come up. You, the, their, their TV show, if you will, comes up live. Their pay-per-view events do not. You have, to, But you only have to wait a, a week or so. So it's not that far off. But every – so Wrestle Kingdom. If you want to watch Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th and 5th of 2023, you can order njpwworld.com and 999 it's yours. Mm-hmm. Or you can pay $30, I think, on Fight for both nights or something like that. Some kind of deal like that, yeah. So, I mean, one is better than the other, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, the people that you, you compare yourself to all the time, the competition from Tony Khan and AEW themselves, World Wrestling Entertainment, mm-hmm. who you can go to the Peacock. Cock, 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 the, the Peacock. peacock. And for four ninety nine a month or nine ninety nine a month if you want the commercial free version, you can watch the entire archives of ECW, WCW, and WWF amongst other archival stuff, because obviously some of the territories did not save their tapes, but you have a old AWA matches on there, mm-hmm. WCCW things. All sorts of crazy stuff is on the WWE Network on the Peacock. Plus, you get every premium live event, including WrestleMania, mm-hmm. Royal Rumble, everything. Everything. Everything for the $4.99 for the commercial version and the $9.99. So either $4.99 or $9.99, depending upon what you choose. And by the way, the commercial versions, you don't miss any of the matches on the premium live event. Just in between, they might cut some shit out. Hmm? So for $4.99 or $9.99, you get all those. Once again, when you're looking at all your competitors, what is the one thing they all have? They all have in common the pay-per-views, the the premium events, whatever you want to call them. The marquee things are included with the price. I think this is the biggest laughing stock fucking thing of all time because now you're double dipping. They charged $40 for Ring of Honor's Final Battle. Mm -hmm. They charged $40 for this pay-per-view. $10 cheaper than an AEW event with a show that does not have television. Now to see their television, they want you to pay $9.99 a month and then however many, let's say that they just do like uh, what they do for AEW and have four pay-per-views a year. So then four times a year, they want you to pay $40 Yeah. on top of your 10 a month. So that's $120, you know, because $9.99, I mean, I know we're not taking pennies off. $120 for a year. Plus, if they just do four events, that's another $160. So that's $280 you will pay just to watch Ring of Honor products for that. And then you get the archive. Meanwhile... If you want commercial-free fucking Peacock, it's $120 a year. And you get to watch everything. Mm. Archives from three companies plus some. And then on top of that, every fucking pay-per-view live. And you can get it for $5. And if you do the $5 math, that's $60 a year you get it. $60 a year for fucking fight. $120 a year. Although if you do the, if you do the year package for uh, IWTV, I think it's $90 what I pay. So $90 for IWTV a year, $9, you know, for a month for them. So 90, so we're looking at like $110, $112 because the exchange changes so much, right? But it's always around that $9 mark for NJPW world. So for less, you don't have to pay extra. Am I the only one that thinks that that's a deal breaker? In my opinion, they're selling less value to a niche market that doesn't isn't existed or is not established. I'm sorry, like this is just a bad deal, in my opinion. Why are you selling a product that is not already established? Don't say this is Ring of Honor because it's not. This is your version of ROH, and you haven't been on TV consistently with your talent. Because if you keep borrowing talent from New Japan or AEW, it's still not all Ring of Honor, no matter how you want to sell this. The easiest comparison is this is like WWE's ECW 
back on sci-fi. I'm sorry. But for trying to sell this for being $10 a month and then asking your fan base to pay an additional 40 for premium live events and then you have to or you wait 90 days until they're gone, by that time, isn't that three months? So that's right around when the next new one would be coming out, correctly, if they're going to be doing four a year? Mm-hmm. So where is the value in this? I'm sorry. Like, I don't see this as a consumer. I'm seeing this going, where is this that I am going to say, you know what? This is a value. And if you're saying, well, get on board and you know, you're a real fan, you'll support. No, I'm sorry. If I'm a fan, I'm going to check it out. But what have I seen on TV that I'm really invested in feuds for? When you talk about this card that just came out, it had great talent on the card, but there was no storylines built in. Your best match was thrown together as the big shock announcement on Wednesday as an afterthought because one team was not on TV to promote it for reasons. I digress. I'm sitting here, and this is not something that I'm just saying, I've been talking to diehard AEW fans that have been saying the same thing, and a lot of them are saying the same thing. This is, they feel this is a step backwards, and, I can't, and I'm not arguing with them. I can't. You can't tell me that this makes a lot of sense if you're not including value in this. Why is it such a value for Fight Plus? Oh, you get the archives of some of the best indie promotions along with live events. That is a deal. No matter when you want to click on for a weekend and watch a replay during the week, there is value. IWTV, there is value for the same reason. You want to talk about the Peacock. That is the game changer that every company has been following since WWE took a shot making their own network and they included WrestleMania in the deal. So how are you comparing this when you're sitting there trying to start this 2.0 of ROH, I'm done calling it Ring of Honor because it's not it. It's now officially ROH. You're going to try to own this 2.0 of ROH, and you're going to try selling this, and you haven't even established it. That is the problem. There is not the value there that makes me as a consumer want to do this. This is my opinion. I'm staying on my soapbox screaming this. Well, not only that, but you got to have to remember, if this is your answer after all of this time, you could have done this to begin with. Yeah. They already had an internet service called Honor Club. You could have revamped it and everything and shut it down for a couple months, but you could have been doing this the whole time if this is your answer. Mm-hmm. Like, the answer was supposed to be TV, and now we're like, maybe we're getting TV, maybe we're not, but we're definitely going to have it on here that you can pay nine ninety nine for. And that's just a really weird fucking thing to me. Like, an AEW doesn't even have, why don't you just do an overall AEW one and put it on the same service? Yeah. You know, but you know what it is? They're banking on that little bit of money they get from paper. And I, when I say little bit of money, I mean it. Because, let's be honest, most of their pay-per-views for AEW, not ROH, do like 120, 130,000 buys. You, their cut of that at $50 can't be, you know, it's probably a couple million. Mm-hmm. But is that really worth alienating a fan base? And I don't think it is. And they don't have the archive in AEW to, to sell a service on its own. But if you mixed it with Ring of Honor, sure. you could have that. And I think that there would be enough AEW fans mm-hmm. to buy that service that it would be worthwhile. And then if you are somebody who's just likely the like, if the pay-per-views were included for Ring of Honor and for AEW, and you had the archives... I'm guaranteeing you'd, you'd reach a lot of people at that $9.99 price point. But obviously, to them and their math, they're thinking about they're dropping you know, dollars to pick up pennies, in my guesstimation. Yeah. The other problem that you're going to run into is you're just doing this with Ring of Honor is a bad look, and here's why. we said it, I said it earlier. The Ring of Honor diehard fans have pretty much gone. Right. They don't accept this as Ring of Honor, as they shouldn't, because it's not. It's AEW light. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Let's be fucking clear about it. 
It's fine. Tony Khan owns it, but it's not Ring of Honor anymore, as much as he likes to think it is. It's just not. And then on the other hand of things, when they made this announcement, and me and you were on Twitter while this announcement was going down, right? Mm-hmm. What are the comments we saw? The comments we saw from the AEW fans were, good, get Ring of Honor off of AEW TV. Yep. I'm tired of Ring... And it wasn't just like one or two. These were people with All Elite in their accounts. They're flying the All Elite, and they're like, we're tired of seeing Ring of Honor. Basically, every thread it was on from every wrestling journal, at least I would say half the comments... At least were, half. Were, Ring of, were AEW fans saying... Oh, good. Maybe this will get ROH. Or they were like, Tony, you know, at Tony Khan, stop putting Ring of Honor on AEW television. Very adamantly. And we've been hearing this over and over and over again for months, but it was really here. Because now people are like, good, take, make sure we don't see that shit on our TV. Mm-hmm. Because AEW, the diehard AEW fans, whether you guys want to believe this or not, are like WWE fans are to NXT. They don't like it. Right. It's not WWE enough. You know, NXT isn't, that is. And for AEW fans, they're even though it's AEW light, they're like, fuck this. It's not it's not Ring of Honor, and it's also not AEW. And we want to watch all elite wrestling. Mm-hmm. We want to see our belts on TV. We want to see our wrestlers pushed on TV. We're tired of seeing eight ROH storylines on Dynamite and Rampage. That is what their fans are saying. And that's not us. Just go look at the things, and you'll see... Their fucking comments are there. Yeah. That's why I say, like... Check the pulse of the room. Yeah, the current ROH fan, that's such a niche market. It's small. It doesn't really exist because you hit it right on the head. Go on Wednesday night social media and see a comment about Ring of Honor and then see how many people are saying that they want it off Dynamite, that's taking up too much time, that so-and-so is not on because we have to plug ROH. That is a current thing that has been happening for weeks. This is not us trying to paint some narrative that doesn't exist. Go on social media and see that. This is a problem that you're now just amplifying by trying to charge people to see a product that hasn't been established. And don't try saying that it's connected to the past. It's not. This current version of ROH is something new. We don't know what it's supposed to be. I mean, we you hit it right on the head. It's mini AEW. So what is the selling point? I don't see it. And I'll say this, uh, overall, in closing, uh, ROH's Final Battle 2022 was a good show. It was it, Overall, it was a it good was a show. solid show. Uh, one great match with FTR versus the Briscoes, and then mm-hmm. a lot of good matches, a couple eh matches. But overall, great, you know, very good show. However, they didn't do enough to sell to a lot of people. I'd be interested to see what the buy rates are. But it's going to be hard for us to see the buy rates because most of them are on PR Live or standard cable for this one, I do believe, was still up, available. Mm-hmm. And then, last but not least, Fight TV Internationally. Or for those of us who have VPNs and went, eh, we're going to watch it on fire, yeah. which is the smart way to do. But yeah, I, I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. So then let's go into things that I don't get as well. Remember, I've been very eh about Dynamite as of late. Mm-hmm. Last week was a good episode of Dynamite. There were some good things that happened on Dynamite. I'm going to be honest. There was a couple, there was a low in the middle where it was kind of like, eh, you know, yeah, not the middle sure, whatever. section was bad. Was, it, I, don't, I wouldn't say it was bad. It was just... I. It, Here's my point of it. It was kind of eh. It was there, which almost sometimes can be worse than bad yeah. because that's where you kind of tune out and do other things. And as that's I, what I did, that's <laughs> what I did as well. But my point of the matter is, is that you they opened strong, the ending was strong. Overall, it was the best fucking episode of Dynamite we've seen in a couple months. Let's be honest, because mm-hmm. it's been getting rough. And of course, like one of the biggest things that came out of it was you know the opening was the uh, the battle royal that of course. Uh, Ricky Starks wins, mm-hmm. who already has a title shot. Yeah, coming up at winner is coming because he won the uh, 
the 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 tournament there, the AW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Yeah, whatever it's called. That's what it was called. I yeah. just I've just yeah, yeah I, I forgot. And uh, he won that, so he already was guaranteed a title shot at Winter is Coming. So now they're just doubling it up with the Dynamite Diamond Ring is also on the line. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? So we're doubling down. And on top of that, though, we got an amazing promo from a promo argument, which is what we always said that these twos would have. Uh, I don't think MJF won this one. I think MJF did okay. It was good. Called him, uh, talked about him ripping off the rock. Mm -hmm. Ricky Starks, that was his mini rock. And then, but Ricky Starks cut this great babyface fucking promo. Great babyface promo where he's talking about basically, I would, I'm not saying it's hard times because nothing will be Dusty Rhodes hard times, but it was in that vein. Talking about sleeping in his car, giving everything for wrestling, getting the opportunity to all eat wrestling. This means the world to me. And you try to throw that shit away. You know, no, I'm going to, you know, come up. And I thought it was fucking great. If you haven't seen the promo, go out of your way to see it. It's, it's brilliant. Brilliant promo from from Ricky Starks. And MJF did a good job, too. It's not that he didn't. No, no. Just but Ricky Starks did what he needed to do to elevate this matchup. No, he, he stepped his game up. He understands what time he has on this show. And now he's finally been pushed into a main event program that we've all been saying for a long time that he should be pushed. I thought he should be going for TNT, but the fact he's getting a shot at the world title, even better. And he's taken advantage of those moments. Because for everybody that thought that he would just be a forgotten name face in MJF, no. He's leaving a lasting impression that when he doesn't win the belt, people are still going to be asking and still chanting his name and getting him in a bigger spotlight. Yeah, I agree. I love Ricky Starks. We're coming into this upcoming week, though. Dynamite is called Winter is Coming. It's yep. the second year they've done this. It's one of their Dynamite specials. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's supposed to be just better than a normal episode of Dynamite, allegedly. Uh, that hasn't been panning out so well. I, the only one that really feels any bigger to me has always been Grand Slam. Mm. Uh, the other ones are just kind of like, well, we just put a name on it and we have like one big match. And and in this case, that match is MJF versus Ricky Starks for the AEW World's Heavyweight Championship plus the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And before I jump into that, because I do want to jump into that more, everything else on this card does not feel big, huge, make me want to tune in. We've got the House of Black going against in a six-man tag match to be TBA'd. They yeah. don't have an opponent yet. Then they have Ruby Soho versus Ty Mello. Yeah. The returning of Ruby Soho. Let's see if she can make it out of this match uninjured. And then on, then we have the fourth in the best of seven six-man tag team championship series with Def Triangle and the Elite. Yeah. So two to one in favor of the heels in the Death Triangle. And then the main event. So I don't, once again, this is another one of these times where I'm going to say it just because you name something, something, and you think act like it's a big deal. It doesn't come across that way. And that's what AEW does time and time again. And this is another one that feels lackluster. The four matches they've announced don't make me go, oh, I'm tuning in. I mean, I'm going to probably tune in either way, but I'm not tuning in. Am I really that hyped up about this card? No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. I like, I'm very excited to see the main event, even though I think MJF is not losing. I, I mean, we have... Yeah, n- that's going to be where I would talk about next. Yeah. So, okay, so we take that out of the equation. You have the best of seven that nobody cares about, unfortunately. It's great in ring work, but I'm sorry, the storyline is already predictable. Then you have Ruby and Ty, which is going to be what it's going to be. I'm excited to see Ruby back. But other than that, I'm just kind of like, okay. And then you have the House of Black versus TBA, which is probably going to be the factory because of reasons. Yeah, because they've been feuding, if you will, on Rampage. Right. So yeah. like so like what's what's really selling this point to think that this is this is a major storyline event. I'm Must sorry. watch TV. I'm sorry, it's not coming off that way. Like I say, I'm excited to see Ruby wrestle and I'm excited for the main event. That's it. 
let's talk about the main event because I just want to dive into it before we close out this week. I think that they have a interesting thing if they can pull it off. If not, I think that you could possibly harm Ricky Starks. My point is that we know MJF is not going to lose the belt. Right. And that's it is what it is. So then I'm like, man, I hope I wish Ricky Starks wasn't getting the shot here, even though I think he deserves it, even though he's a great, you know, because he's got all the it factors to make him a star. Mm-hmm. So if he's not going to win and he's going to job to MJF, I'm like, fuck, could that hurt him? Yes. Could it not? Yes. Depending upon how the match goes, if the match goes off like a, like a banger five-star classic, if you will, then no harm, no foul. But if the match is not, it could harm a run later on from Ricky Starks. And I, so I don't like it. There is one way to protect that, but AEW probably won't do it. And if they're hearing me, which they have in the past, this might be the time to do something like this. I think that this match is, you know, there's times where people hate no finishes or non-finishes, like DQs and count outs mm-hmm. and such. But there's a time where there's a place for them in wrestling. And this is the time. You want to protect Ricky Starks and you want to continue a few down the road with MJF, who's not going to lose the title this quickly? It's simple. Have the disqualification victory. Have a count out victory. Chicken shit heel walks off when he's going to lose. Or DQ finish. Or do the dusty finish where it looks like Ricky Starks fucking wins the match and then you reverse the decision for dumb reasons. Mm. But here's the end of the, here's why I say that this is the perfect place for that. Hear me out. If you have a DQ finish in this match, that means Ricky Starks wins. That means he wins the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Yeah. He doesn't win the AEW World Title because you don't, the title doesn't change hands on disqualification or count out victories. However, he would still win the Dynamite Diamond Ring because that does not have the same rules attached to it. Mm-hmm. So winning the match means he becomes your diamond, Dynamite Diamond Ring winner. That would carry into him getting a future title shot. This is another place where you could re uh, align MJF with the firm as much as it's stupid, but we could do that because then you could set up a side. A little side battle between Ricky Starks and the firm to try to get back to MJF. I know it's been done before, but we have to figure out a way to not hurt Ricky Starks because I think that he's a guy that down the road is a big time player for you if you are treating it right. Am I wrong? How do you see this going? Thoughts? I agree. I think they need to do a, uh, a time limit draw or you have to do something to protect Ricky Starks here because if he loses clean, which I'm. There's part of me that's fearing he's going to do this or MJF's going to hit him with it. Even if MJF hits him with the diamond ring and knocks him out, I'd be okay with this. But if this is anything like a clean finish, this is going to bury Ricky Starks. I hate saying that term, but let's face it. You have a, a homegrown talent that is now on the verge of achieving that main event status and to have him lose clean and then if they don't follow up and he disappears, God forbid, this would be just like one of the most detrimental moves they could make happen. I think what they have to do is they have to do a time limit draw. They have to do something where Ricky still looks great in loss. And I just hope it isn't an interference like Powerhouse Hobbs comes in and they try having him go after Ricky Starks again and, and like be a distraction there and cost him the title. Or you have the firm rejoin up and do something like that. Like You have to do something special for this match, and I think the time limit draw is the only way you can go. I don't even think that. Like I said, I think a disqualification is the only way you can go. You mm. need Ricky Starks to win this match, but not yeah. win the belt. I think because you can revisit it that way. Because I would like to see him win the Dynamite Diamond Ring, because then that makes it interesting, because then he should be able to cash that in later on for a title shot of some sort. Mm-hmm. Or build to a title shot of some sort. Again. Yeah. And I think that that's necessary here. That's why I said a DQ would work. Countout would work. If you go to a draw, that means he doesn't win the ring and he doesn't win the the belt. Yeah, I mean, 
And I and I think that I think that it's a mistake to not have him walk away with at least that ring. That's just me. No, I, I agree. Like he has to come away with the ring. Like the it's weird because I for me personally, I just don't register that ring as being anything. It isn't, but to them it's supposed yeah, to be. I, I know, you see but what I mean? yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying too. I'm just saying like for me when I'm processing like my thoughts about this, like the ring is just such a non factor because it only comes up once a year. Right. You know, so like I say, that's the tough thing. If they wanted to make it more of a factor on the show, yeah, th- that way I think it would work. I do agree, like, he's got to win or he's got to be protected in some way. So, like I say, the time limit draw, he at least he can argue, like, you never beat me and he can try selling that point. I'm just worried that he's going to get, like, somebody's going to come in that's just newly signed or they're going to do something like that, and that's going to cost him. And, you know, like, he's going to get away from MJF for a while in that at, in that aspect. Like, that's just what I'm saying. Well, we'll find out soon enough because that comes up on Wednesday. But that's going to do it for this week's edition of 607 TWS. But before we go, Ken M, tell the fine folks one more time how to find yourself and the ODPH podcast. Keep it very short and sweet for anything and everything that is the ODPH podcast. You can find it at odphpodcast.com. And for all information and links about the 3FN podcast, also keeping it easy, 3FNpodcast.com. Well, next week we'll be back to review some indie wrestling in the indie roundup. We'll be talking about AEW, whether, you know, whatever happens on this week's Winter is Coming, and also WWE, New Japan, and everywhere else around the world of pro wrestling as the year keeps tuning on here in the year 2022. We're almost at the close of this year in pro wrestling going into the new year of 2023. So, for myself, for Ken M, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, Later, wrestling fans! If you take my hand We could order Chinese food Get high and then watch New Japan Rainmaker, my heart so damn hard I can no longer stand in this room I'm starting to swoon The walls made of neon But I can't stop looking at you Looking at you And I've got a To shatter the hourglass emptying all of the sand This moment is infinite dancing along with the band Will you sing with only one wing The angel I've looked for and she can't stop looking
A smile I see Connect from the top ropes One, two, three 